0: Blue Gold Report. Irish reporters Todd Burlage and Mason Plummer get ready for Notre Dame football game day Saturdays only on 1380 The Fan. We're back. We're finally back after a long COVID break. We have football, so therefore we have the Blue Gold Report. The return of the Blue Gold Report. Man, it is good to be here. I'm Todd Burlage. I'll be one of your hosts. I am a contributing writer for Blue and Gold Illustrated. I will I will be joined here shortly by my partner in crime in radio and in writing, another Blue and Gold staff writer, Mason Plummer. Mason, we finally have some football to talk about.
1: It didn't seem like it was going to happen for a long <laughs> time, but we're, we're nearing kickoff, and I could be more excited.
0: Yeah, we have a lot to cover also. We're going to get into the depth chart breakdown. A lot of surprises on that, I think folks would agree. Had a chance to catch up with Jack Collinsworth. He's going to be part of the NBC's television crew. Good interview there. I'm going to play a couple minutes of that. Life in the ACC begins for Notre Dame. And then finally we'll break down Duke, Notre Dame's first opponent. We'll break them down a little bit. Game time, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Weather, 80 degrees. little afternoon rain. Just a shower or two, so no big deal there. We will get into all that, but as we start every show... Gold Rush... Notre Dame senior linebacker Jordan Jenmar-Keith has left the team. He will take his grad transfer year somewhere else. Jenmar-Keith will have two years of eligibility when he finds his way to his new school.
1: Former Notre Dame 2021 wide receiver commit Deion Colsey has set a new commitment date for September 28th, Todd. It looked like a foregone conclusion that after he decommitted from Notre Dame that he was going to go to Georgia. But it looks like Notre Dame is definitely in this one. That's going to be a a big one to watch as he is a rival's top 100 player.
0: Five captains were named this week. A couple two-timers here, quarterback Ian Book and right tackle Robert Hainsey. They became the 23rd and 24th multiple-time captains for Notre Dame. Some other grad students also on this list, defensive lineman Dalen Hayes, defensive lineman Ade Ogundeji, and sixth-year grad student Sean Crawford, who nailed down a starting safety spot.
1: Todd, we'll get into this a little bit later, but some big praise this week for cornerback Clarence Lewis, the freshman who not many would have projected to be starting at the corner position, but Brian Kelly likened him to Kavar Russell this past week, who started in the Notre Dame 2012 team as a freshman.
0: Going to slide one hoops in here. The ACC this week said it wants every Division I team to play in the 2021 NCAA tournament because of everything the kids have gone through because of COVID. Uh, Mike Bray supports that idea.
1: The skill position recruiting is heating up. Lorenzo Styles has already committed to Notre Dame, a top 100 player. We're nearing decisions for Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey, Deontay Thornton, and Titus Mokayo, Atimi Lala, all top-notch wide receivers. I really think Notre Dame can land two or three of these guys.
0: Gold rush. Dive into this depth chart here. I want to start on the defensive side of the football because I thought those were the biggest surprises, although the offense featured plenty of them too. Well, You know, we talked about Houston Griffith trying to block down a safety spot, top recruit, big-time recruit, and just has not been able to do it. We also celebrated grad transfer from Ohio State, Isaiah Pryor. Talked about those two guys filling in for Alohi Gilman, but instead, Sean Crawford, the sixth-year senior, now team captain, lands that down. I think that became the biggest surprise for me because of his size. I'm trying to find him here. Sean Crawford is only five foot nine and 180 pounds, but Brian Kelly celebrated him big time. He just likes the way he plays, likes his instincts. He said that will make up for his size. Was that a bit of a surprise for you to see Sean Crawford land a starting spot? Yeah,
1: it absolutely was, considering you know, how great he's been been at the cornerback positions throughout what seems like he's been at Notre Dame forever but um, it, how great he's been at cornerback and moving him over to safety I think he's the uh, he's a real captain of the defense both literally and figuratively he's a real leader out there he's playing essentially center field he has great instincts and I think he's gonna be great tomorrow at, uh, at safety
0: yeah hopefully he can stay healthy that's been his biggest knock he's had three different season-ending surgeries since he's been here and he would play next to Kyle Hamilton preseason All-American no surprises there Moving out to the cornerback positions, Tariq Bracey in the field. We knew he was going to land a starting spot. That other one was a little bit up for grabs, and it's landed by NC State grad transfer Nick McLeod. He was a captain there at NC State, and he had 19 starts. So it looks like he's going to be able to fill right in.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. That's all the experience that you're looking for. Brian Kelly really wanted to bring in an experienced corner. After he lost a lot of cornerback depth, didn't really like where the cornerback position was at. Bringing in McLeod is a huge addition. And, uh, yeah, he, he should do really well in that spot.
0: Yeah, I think so. You can slide him right in. Let's move up to the linebackers here. We knew Drew White would hold down that middle linebacker. He tied for team lead with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, 80 a piece last year. Koromoa is obviously the rover linebacker. Everything all eyes were on that buck linebacker, the weak side linebacker. Jen Markeith started there, that just that one spring practice, but there were some injuries, so you couldn't read too much into that. But it looks like Shane Simon or Marist Leafau, it's listed on the depth chart as or. Now keep in mind Mason and you know this already, they're going to move a lot of bodies in here and that's a nice luxury they have. I think with COVID it helps that Notre Dame is so deep because you can really bring in reinforcements on about every position. What's interesting about Cormoa is this time last year he didn't have a single tie. He did not have a single career tackle. Now he tied for the team lead with 80 last year. He's a preseason All-American, and he looks like a first-round draft pick. So he has absolutely shined, and expect more of the same this year. The defensive line looked about as we expected. Ade Ogundeji at the strong side end. Uh, defensive tackle Myron Veola Omosa. Nose tackle Kurt Heinisch. And Viper and Daylon Hayes. A lot of experience there. I think that's what I like the most about this. Kind of started all 13 games last year. But again, a deep rotation here at this position, Mason.
1: I think the most impressive thing was that you just pronounced all those names correctly. Um, I'm really proud of you for that. But yeah, the the depth, you can't can't talk about the defensive line and not talk about the depth. It's potentially the deepest that it's been in a long time. A lot of fans don't recognize the name Deja yet, but they definitely will uh, come game time.
0: He's going to be a beast. Down the stretch last season, maybe the last four or five games, last second half of the season, I thought he was the best defensive lineman. was impressed that he landed a captainship, so good for him. Moving on to offense, it all starts with quarterback Ian Book. No surprise there, obviously. Fifth-year senior, third-year starter. I think that's just going to help so much. I keep referencing this COVID because of the disruptions that it put through the preseason, both in the spring and through the summer. So when you have a fifth-year guy playing quarterback, It just sort of gives you an ease and a stability at that position. One thing about Ian Book that Brian Kelly's paying real close attention to is his health. (laughs) He's basically been put in a bubble, Uh, no roommates for him, off-campus classes only, comes to the football facility and back to his apartment, and that's about it. Brian Kelly is hiding him big time. And actually, here's Ian Book talking about that.
2: Yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, I, I don't do much. I I go home and I come straight here. You know, I'm here early in the morning. I leave late at night and um, I'm wearing my mask all the time with Coach Therese, no matter what. Wearing my mask with all the other quarterbacks. Always hand sanitizing. Just, I would hate to miss a game because of, you know, testing positive or being in a contact trace. So, it, it's, it's Coach Kelly says all the time, it's about our human behavior. So, it's, it's on us. And, uh, you know, all my classes are on Zoom. So, I'm not even on campus, but obviously i would like it to be the the other way and be able to enjoy the whole experience but I, honestly i you know we got to play this season i gotta do do what i gotta do to stay healthy
0: okay mason i'm gonna jump to the offensive line here because there's no surprises there whatsoever and i think the good stuff comes when you talk about the skilled positions here uh liam Eichenberg, left tackle aaron banks left guard jared patterson center tommy kramer right guard and Robert Hainsey, right tackle. So those are all in place, the offensive line and the quarterback. I thought Jafar Armstrong would emerge as the starting tailback. Didn't happen. Sophomore Kyron Williams lands that job. You could kind of see it coming, even though we weren't able to watch practice. Brian Kelly was talking about him quite a bit during his Zoom conferences Chris Tyree looks to be the backup, or Jameer Smith, Jafar Armstrong, Sibo Flemister, so that's all kind of an or situation. I think you'll see a lot of these guys getting run in and out of there. How big of a surprise was Kyron Williams landing that starting job for you?
1: Yeah, that was, it was a lot of momentum going into that eventual decision. Kyron um, Williams, I like him a lot as a running back. I think he offers something different than Jafar Armstrong and Jameer Smith, and, and Chris Tyree, frankly, offer as well. He offers some shiftiness, but some power as well, and I think he's going to be a great complement to Chris Tyree coming out of the backfield, catching passes. The the combo of those two offer just a lot more uh, schematically and just make defenses think more rather than just running Jafar Armstrong out there. Uh, and you'd like to see Jafar Armstrong finish the season healthy. I think healthy Jafar Armstrong uh, can be an, a contributor to this team, but you, you really got to focus on his health and making sure that he's able to contribute.
0: You know, Mason, a lot of different sort of running styles and skill sets there too, so Notre Dame can kind of throw a lot of looks at you. A little bit surprised that Tommy Tremble isn't at the top of the tight end chart. Brock Wright, the senior, got that uh, got that job. Again, similar to running back. They're going to play two and sometimes three tight end sets, so there's no point in really paying a lot of attention to the depth chart on this. Certainly, Tommy Tremble will get his wide receiver. I was expecting all of the backups to be the starters. <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah,
1: just about. Yeah, uh,
0: At the boundary receiver, Ben Skoranek. Uh, the transfer from Northwestern lands the starting gig ahead of Joe Wilkins Jr. At the field, Javon McKinley had some big plays last year, a little bit up and down. He landed that spot ahead of Braden Lindsey. And I think the biggest surprise for me came in the slot. I, I just penciled Lawrence Keyes third in as the starter and as it turns out it's gonna be Avery Davis, sort of the much moved around Avery Davis. They've had some quarantines, they have some COVID going around here early on. You can't help but wonder, we never got any names, uh, but you can't help but wonder if perhaps this depth chart is a little bit look looks a little bit like it does because of perhaps some guys missing some time in practice.
1: I think you're absolutely uh, – you hit the nail on the head there, Todd. Um, there's there's a reason why that's going on, especially in one specific position group when they're all working out together all the time. I think we're going to see the the depth chart switch around, not only in wide receiver, but mainly in in this position. As we go from week to week, uh, I can't imagine that they're super concerned about Duke not nearly as much as you would be for a team like Clemson. So I think that these wide receivers are going to do just fine, but you'd like to see – who we think are the number ones uh, out there in the next couple weeks or so.
0: Yeah, and I think we will. I think you're right. And there's, I guess the way we're able to talk about it, we've referenced it already, but it just kind of speaks to Notre Dame's depth really across the board, and that's going to be a huge advantage for them. Five the in numbers. Five. Five Irish alumni that are on the NFL Network's top 100 current players. Quentin Nelson, offensive guard, Indianapolis leads the way at number 29. Zach Martin, another offensive guard, Dallas Cowboys, number 55. Harrison Smith, a safety at Minnesota and a really good one, number 64. Ronnie Stanley, offensive tackle, Baltimore Ravens, number 74. And Jalen Smith, linebacker, Dallas Cowboys, number 88. 15. It's been 15 years since a number one team came to Notre Dame Stadium. If Clemson can hold its top spot in the AP poll up until November 7th, they will become the first number one team to come to the stadium since USC in 2005, the infamous Bush-Push game. NBC introduced its new team for the Notre Dame Football Saturdays here. Mike Tirico, still the same, legendary play-by-play guy. Tony Dungy comes in as now the analyst, and that's a good get, man. He's talented at what he does. He's been working NFL stuff in that that role for a long time. Catherine Tappan sideline reporter. She's been here for a few years now. And a new addition, a Notre Dame grad, 25-year-old Jack Collinsworth, obviously son of Chris Collinsworth. He will be the host of the pregame show, the halftime show, and the postgame show. And trust me, I had a chance to talk to him this week for a story I was working on, and he is super excited, almost to the point of getting choked up about it. So let me pop in a little bit of this interview. So what will it mean to you to get back to South Bend and be such an important part of Notre Dame football game days, man? That's got to be super cool
2: i've gotten chills about 10 times today uh you know just thinking about it so it's it's a cool deal it's 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 close to home it's um man you got me a little choked up with that one that's that's a little weird um it just it means a lot it means a lot um i mean I, i can i can remember even coming out of high school and i was gonna go to northwestern and um and i had made up my mind and, and i i'll never forget you know austin was at notre dame at the time and uh and jack sorbrook had seen some tapes or whatever and i probably sucked you know just looking back on it now but he he gave me a phone call late at night and and he he basically wouldn't take no for an answer you know <laughs> he was like you are a, you're a notre dame man like, i met you you are a Notre Dame man."
0: All right, one more for me, Jack. I certainly appreciate your time. How good can this Notre Dame football team be? I think damn good. I think damn good. Uh, this offensive line,
2: is, these guys are beasts. I Just going back and watching them, Eikenberg, Banks, Patterson, Kramer, Hainsey, they probably have had better offensive line. Individual players, Zach Martin, you know, comes to mind. You know, Ronnie Stanley comes to mind. McGlinchey comes to mind. Like, there's There's been terrific football players in the past, but in terms of the complexion of five, across the board speaking to brian kelly speaking to tommy reese i mean this is this is high high up there on the list of the best five that they've had these guys compliment each other so well and then ian book coming back as a fifth year fifth year guy um just sounds like he's been everything and beyond as a leader. I mean, some of the things Tommy Reese was saying about his leadership skills, it just makes you believe in it. If you gave me two positions to have locked down, it would be offensive line and quarterback, and they have those all the way locked down. I, I think this team's going to be awesome. I really do.
0: Yeah, he's an impressive guy. Uh, we talked a lot about specific positions. We really got into a lot of specifics. I talked to him for about 20 minutes. Obviously, we didn't have time to pop all that in, uh, but all-around good kid, and I think he'll do a tremendous job there for NBC. K. Mason, life the ACC begins for Notre Dame. Certainly you have to put Clemson at the top spot. And then Notre Dame came in in the preseason ACC poll as the number two team in the league. We know they'll meet once for sure. Quite a possibility they'll meet twice again in December for the ACC title. Mason, what's your level of excitement when it comes to playing in a conference this year?
1: It's got to be a ten, just because it's it's different and it's uh it's something new. Ever you know, there's a, the whole group of people that like to to say Notre name needs to join a conference. Well, here you go. Um, I think the the ultimate scenario would be to you know win the ACC entirely, you know, beat Clemson and do it and then go back to independent and you know, what what is the conference people's argument at that point. Um yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited. Uh getting to Notre Dame getting to play Clemson twice. Uh should be a good time. I think you gotta win one of those if you're Notre Dame, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to keep any kind of national championship aspirations, you're gonna to have to clip one of those. Probably do you a lot of good to clip both, but uh Right. That, that might be a tall order. But yeah, you're right. Sort of airlift into the ACC, grab the trophy, and get out. is kind of like, na 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 nah. <laughs> we are independent again. That would really ruffle some feathers. We know this. Well, Brian Kelly's excited about it, too. He's addressed it with his players. And here's here's Kelly talking about both the ACC and how you have to lump that with the national championship as well.
3: Well, it's never been a goal. So, you know, it's an established goal now is to, is to win a championship, an ACC championship. So, um, you know, it, it allows you to... You know, our mission is to to win a national championship and graduate all of our players. We're able to talk in terms of a mission being, you know, to win a championship, and now either an ACC championship, and if you win that, obviously you keep you keep your mission alive for a national championship. So you've got both of them now in your in your eyes and in your vision for for what you want to accomplish during the season. So uh, you know, I don't know that it changes a whole lot in terms of uh, our standard in terms of what we want to accomplish. It's it's one week at a time, and and living up to our our standards means you know total preparation and, and, uh, you know, our traits. And I think they're kind of all wrapped in one. I think the really uh, interesting part of this is that, Uh, It it brings a bigger focus in on certainly the week-to-week because, you know, you're dealing with, you know, 10 ACC games uh, where we didn't have that kind of focus uh, in years past.
0: Certainly a strange new world we're living in this football season, but at least we can talk about football. Let's break down Duke a little bit here. 2.30 start. Again, 80 degrees, maybe a few showers in the area. I guess the top storyline for Duke here is that bringing a new quarterback, they really struggled offensive last year. It's Chase Bryce. He's a Clemson transfer. He backed up Trevor Lawrence, did a pretty good job, threw for 10, yards, and nine TDs. Actually saved the day in a Syracuse game, I remember, a couple years ago. So, yeah, he got buried behind one of the best quarterbacks in the business, in Trevor Lawrence, and so he bailed, and now he's at Duke. Notre Dame did Duke up last year pretty good, 34-13. Duke comes in in the ratings not the rankings necessarily but they're rated number 69 in the SP Plus rankings we all have heard of David Cutcliffe he's been there for their head coach 12 seasons Cutcliffe was actually hired to Notre Dame under Charlie Weiss but he ended up Cutcliffe ended up having a heart attack and he never made it to Notre Dame I thought that kind of threw Charlie Weiss's rhythm with his coaching staff into a bit of a tailspin that he never quite recovered from. Certainly looks like a good tune-up game to me, Mason. We'll give our predictions here in a little bit, but I think it's a good opening day opponent. I'm glad they don't have to open with a Clemson or something like that. Uh, but it certainly looks like a game Notre Dame can handle.
1: It's, a, it's definitely a game Notre Dame can handle. It's it's never good to underestimate Cutcliffe or Duke. Um, they can surprise you. I really like him as a head coach, and he has some talent to work with there at Duke. Yeah. Not nearly on the level that Notre Dame has. Uh, I think Notre Dame wins comfortably, but we'll get into that in our
0: prediction. 79th in the country in rushing last year. It's a third-year starter, Deion Jackson. He'll be back. He had 641 yards last year, did not have a 100-yard game, six TDs. He had a heck of a year as a sophomore in 2018, rushing more than 800 yards and became a second-team All-ACC selection. The offense perhaps will improve with Bryce. I think when you're bringing in a transfer that needs... Time to learn the system, learn the players, learn his teammates. I think Bryce had a tough situation here because you couldn't work at all in the spring or the summer. So a shrunken time frame for him to learn his craft. We'll see how he does. This looks like a team that's more built on defense, which is surprising for David Cutcliffe. But they do have a pretty good pass defense. Now let's see here, 24 last year in passing yards allowed. They have a junior rush end by the name of Chris Rump, who's a good one, and an experienced secondary. So I think the big difference for me, Mason, we may as well get these predictions out of the way. Notre Dame comes in on a six-game winning streak dating back to last year. Duke lost five of its last six games last year, three of those by 31 points or more think that's why I like Notre Dame 34 to 13 the Irish a 21 point favorite
1: yeah I'm going to be around that same kind of ballpark I think ultimately what it's going to come down to is something you mentioned that Chase Bryce doesn't have the time to get you know acclimated to this offense get acclimated with his targets his running backs his wide receivers and uh, I think the Notre Dame defensive line is going to wreak havoc on him I'm going to say Notre Dame puts up 42 Todd I'm going to say 42 to 14 Notre Dame takes this one
0: you know, I, and I, I like your prediction there. I like your take, too. I think Notre Dame can cause a lot of problems up front. Duke was not very good at protecting the passer last season, and certainly I wouldn't think that they faced many lines that are going to be as talented as Notre Dame's. I really like this team. I really like this Irish team, and when the depth chart came out, I kind of realized just how much I do. You go to any position group down the line, you just see that tremendous depth we've been talking about. They're going to be able to run eight players in the defensive line, All these talented young linebackers, they'll get a lot of work. Not quite as deep in the secondary, but still some good players back there. Crawford, like you said, gives you some steady leadership. You have Kyle Hamilton, the All-American. And I think these corners will come around as well. mentioned it early in the show. I wanted you to readdress it. The freshman Clarence Lewis. When I saw him on the depth chart, Mason, I, I was kind of like, who the heck is that? <laughs> what, what do you think Brian Kelly likes so much about him?
1: That's something I was going to mention, Todd, actually, while you were saying that, is that you know they have nothing to lose by playing by playing freshman now that the NCAA has essentially waived this year of eligibility, meaning it doesn't mean anything. So you can just play however you want. But I think Clarence Lewis went out and potentially won this job. Um, I think it's going to be more of a battle than we think. I believe on the depth chart it's listed as Tariq Bracey or Clarence Lewis, which is a big deal. Tariq like yeah. Bracy coming into the season was going to be Notre Dame's number one corner, potentially next to Sean Crawford. Sean Crawford's now moved to safety. So Bracy's your number one corner next to Nick McLeod. And I think Lewis is really battling Bracey for playing time. Man. Lewis is probably the, the least talked about corner recruit that Notre Dame brought in. Um, but he's he's absolutely gone out and won the job. And I think he came in with a chip on his shoulder. And Brian Kelly's really liking what he's seeing, as you heard. And even liking to Kavari Russell, like yeah. I said. That's some high praise right there. Russell's one of the best corners Notre Dame's had in probably the past decade or so.
0: Yeah, you're right, and ended up an NFL player for a few years there. I know when you're talking about Lewis, it just seems to me that coaches tend to err on the side of caution when it comes to running a true freshman in there, and understandably so. So it seems to me the freshman, if they're going to be on the depth chart as a potential starter even— They really must have shined in practice, and I think that speaks to what Lewis was doing. did want to get this in here. Blueandgold.com, Mason and I both write for them. You can get a 60-day free trial right now by punching in the promo code Irish60. 60 free days, start of the football season, a lot of content on there, analysis, recruiting, you name it. I have a column up right now, actually. Uh, Mason, what else you got going on, man?
1: You couldn't pick a better 60 days to do it, guys. Uh, this is a, this is a great deal There's so much going on in recruiting right now And within the next 60 days You're potentially going to see a couple commitments You're going to see a lot of recruiting news a guy, a Guys starting to narrow down their recruitment Everything you, that you need recruiting wise Team analysis, team news, all of the above We've got it at Blue and Gold Illustrated Blueandgold.com on the Rivals Network Type in Iris60
0: Indeed, indeed, I've been on it all morning today Mason, I'll tell you what I'm out of stuff, you have anything left over You want to slide
1: in here I'm just so excited for football. Follow me at Mason Plummer underscore on Twitter. We'll have all the latest Notre Dame news, but yeah, Todd, uh, 2.30 tomorrow can't come soon enough.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. You can get me on Twitter at Todd Burlage. Hit us up there, folks. That's been your Blue Gold Report. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this exclusive presentation of
3: 1380 The Fan, the Blue Gold Report and be sure to download the latest edition of the show wherever you download podcasts or go to 1380thefan.com Podcasts by Federated
0: Media Podcasts by Federated Media